This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Spending the night within Valakai led to a series of discoveries and confrontations for our heroes. Quinny was unknowingly seduced by Strahd. Alan saw her own corpse, and not Peter Baelish discovered some weapons against the Vampire Lord that Reginald used to their advantage. What will happen now that Strahd and our heroes have been hit with a sun bomb? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. Strahd von Zarevich is dead. Sunrise, sunset, baby. Uh, as you blink the blinding uh, light of the sun bomb out of your eyes, uh, you find shards of uh, the devil of Barovia uh, just kind of all about. Uh, and Reginald, I think as soon as you can see, you are gathering those fuckers up uh, for some some proper disposal. Correct. Um, but uh, townsfolk are spilling out of their homes now, having heard the commotion in the burning church. Um, and uh, they are delighted uh, to see that uh, the they, they get out just in time to, to watch the explosion. Um, and there is legitimate joy and celebration in the town. Uh, no longer is it the weird forced thing. Meanwhile, the Burgomaster is like, I, I told you, I told you all will be fine. And it was, I'm right. And someone like shoves him over um, into the mud. Uh, Cause there's always mud when you shove a hilarious dandy over. Um, and uh, yeah, people are kind of like rushing out uh, with genuine excitement. Um, the holes on Isabella's neck are closing up. Um, and she kind of, uh, looks around in, in a bit of a daze and then she's like sees reginald picking up pieces and she's like ah oh, shit did he blow up i mean good yeah uh and she turns to you not pete and she's like hey i'm sorry that that all felt really weird uh i was in a bit of a daze but i feel like he was like really rude to you thank you right like he totally was i mean i guess it doesn't matter now he exploded right up uh so just desserts for all I hate to interrupt this moment, but do you guys want to get the priest down from where he's crucified to that symbol? Oh, right, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, the priest is dead. Oh. Lucy. We can still get him down. Like, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know the rules, but here's what you do. Take his head off and put it over there. Then you put a stake <laughs> right through his body, and then you throw the body into the burning church. The chapel collapses into the burning church. You know? <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, on top. It's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Um, so um, you are uh, greeted by uh, excited uh, Valakians uh, who are thrilled um, that uh, you've uh, you, you've vanquished uh, the Devil's Strahd. Now, uh, Reginald, being a, a coward from a grimdark realm, um, your fear that vampires don't go down that easy is is strong. Um, oh, what are you going to yeah. do to try and prevent uh, Strahd from returning? Uh, uh, okay. Awkward. Uh, huddle up with the team, but this is too much for the town. All right. So, uh, clearly everybody really wants to celebrate because they think this vampire is dead. Uh, however, uh, we did nothing from any of the cards that we were given. We don't have any of the three items and this did not happen where it was prophesied, which was a place he couldn't escape. He definitely could have got away from here. This motherfucker is not dead. I agree. Uh, they're they're going to have a party and we're all going to get fucked. So we got to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, this the false smile? Well, everybody this was doing whole... some pretty bullshit clown business. But I mean, like, yeah, that was like very clearly the false, like a, a like a people putting on a false smile. Mm-hmm. But like this felt real. But I agree with you. It seems too easy. Is this the false smile? Is this what the cards were talking about? This event of the just watching the big bad explode in the middle of the street? I mean, very possible. Here's, can, here's our challenge. Can you this guys roll closed. perception uh, perception checks? Uh, unless you're magical. If you're magically inclined, uh, an arcana check would be great, please. Uh, uh, Tom, 26. can I try to think it out in terms of an investigation, or do you want it to stick in the arcana realm? Uh, yeah, sure. Investigation's fine. Laura? 26. Wow. Uh, I got a 15 with Arcana check. That's a uh, dirty 20. I also got a 15. Dirty. So as all of you are saying this, uh, in, in kind of classic, um, where shall we go, what shall we do in a movie sense, um, we're all kind of discussing, like, well, was this the, the false smile? It certainly feels like it, blah, blah, blah. And um, you turn, and you notice that the townsfolk are are swarming the gazebo, Um and um, in the center of town and are like uh, holding up lovingly handwritten signs that say like uh, Ding Dong Strahd is dead and like people are being broken out of the stocks. Um, and um, you see uh, the uh, the burgomaster who's kind of like still covered in mud, uh, but standing amongst them, um, holding up a giant smiley face um, that says all is well. And he's like, I did this. This was me. <laughs> And just like not, he's kind of like nudging him. He's like, guys, guys, let's do it. Like, it's the, it's the smile. It's it, it, okay. All right, things are coming together. Listen, I, I hate to say this, but I think it's worth saying. I told you so. If we killed him last night, we would have killed Strahd, and we could have had all these people help us believing that he was still alive. Now we're gonna have a weird. We have to interrupt them in a victory lap, and they'll all try to kill us. Um, Alan, you can feel tremendous magical energy uh, coming off this gazebo. Oh, well, well, okay, magical gazebo, what the fuck? I don't know. Wait, the gazebo's magical? Yeah, look. (laughs) She's like, point to it. Is Um, this obvious? I I, I see a gazebo. Oh, I gotta check it out. Okay, Uh, let's go, uh, let's go check out this gazebo. Not, not Pete, you did some fantastic work (laughs) the other day, um, helping me see what, like, that hag really was and what that pie was all about thank you you know like i felt pretty proud of that like that was yeah i did do a really good job definitely making the gratitude journal (laughs) yeah that's going that's going in the journal oh wait yeah can you do it again 
Can oh, you do that? He could look at the Strahd parts I have, and he just holds up like a small bag full of Strahd parts. He, he can look at it all. We're in the middle of the town. I bet looking in any direction might give us a better idea of what's really going yep. on. Yeah, oh, I think that's a great idea. You're right. Let's 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 do that. So, um, Kat, you can grant true sight to any of them. Um, who would you like to give it to, or yourself? Uh, you know what, like. I think uh, not Pete needs this for himself right mm-hmm. now. Because, like, th- this is, you know, celebration, but we're not actually sure if he's dead. There's still, like, some feelings just like, ah, uh, man, like, you know, what, what, you know, why, how come I wasn't good enough, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need that clarity. Yeah. You need that closure. I need, I need that. I, like, I need, I, I need this for me <coughs> right now. Okay, so I I grant um, choosing to me, baby. <laughs> okay, so do you look at the bones first, or do you look at the gazebo first? I look at the gazebo first. Um, so the gazebo itself uh, seems completely benign, um, if you know gilt and gold and that sort of thing. Um, but beneath it, um, you can see what looks to be a uh, if we we're using like uh, Assassin's Creed vision or any like video game where you can see items. Um, uh, there seems to be a glowing, um, almost, um, sun-shaped icon buried beneath the gazebo. Guys, there is a glowing, almost sun-shaped icon beneath that gazebo. Say, what does not Pete see looking at each of us to turn to say there is a glowing gazebo? That's an excellent question. Do we Um, get to decide that knowing our characters' true selves or? Well, no. So true sight, uh, (laughs) let me just pull it up here. Uh, true sight is usually used uh, not to reveal the absolute, you know, truth of things, but more so to um, determine. Um, for example, if you were um, illusionary, or if you were, also this is more in regards. Yeah, to I'm wondering more in the mirror and mm-hmm. more in the case of stick. like how does it affect like a vampire bite on Quinny, or knowing that yeah, yeah, Alan yeah. and I are seeing fucked up things. Like, is there a visible curse? Do I look like a spooky ruined? <laughs> guy to not be you just see moss underneath <clears throat> alan and juniper just snuck in i'm like i want to be involved. she looks around and just yes. sees laura and tyler and tom but in isabella's outfit <laughs> um you know i would look good in her battle dress um so uh no you don't uh, they appear uh, as they are um reginald actually seems to be kind of um uh almost smudged um, as though he's, uh, and yeah, uh, Reginald looks somewhat smudged, um, as does Alan's, uh, mechanical arm. Um, you wouldn't know this necessarily as a character, but I think it'd be quite pretty quick to determine, um, both the arm and Reginald are displaced from uh, a different dimension. So they appear slightly differently in this reality than, they're like otherwise. out of focus here, but would be in focus in their own dimension kind yes, of thing? Yes, absolutely. And cool. similarly, Alan would have been out of focus in 2099. So they, they look right. fine, um, but he doesn't look uh, aged. Uh, like he doesn't have like the, the long beard and everything else. Um, and Alan isn't a corpse. So, I mean, that's good news. Uh, both yeah. Both things are, are good news. That's, that's really good news. Um, looking at uh, the bones of Strahd um, that are kind of in Reginald's hands as he like scoops them up um, for disposal. Um you you feel the um the afterglow of uh of tremendous evil uh, and of of tremendous power 
Um, but kind of like a if a meteorite kind of came through the atmosphere, then hit the ground, and just like the the sort of heat and radiation slowly burned off. Um, based on your, can you roll me an Arcana check? Yep. Twenty two. Twenty two. Um, based on kind of your studies, um, sort of throughout the realm, and particularly when you were um, preparing the Vistani uh, incursion into um, Barovia. Um, there are various ways vampires can be destroyed. And there's various ways vampires can survive. Um, often they re- return to their coffin uh, as a mist. Um, however, in this case, um, based on all the readings you've done, this literally does seem like a dead vamp. Uh, so I, uh, looking at everyone who like looks like themselves, if not a bit smudged for some of them, I say, um, look, I, I'm seeing things pretty truly right now. And based on that and my research, it seems like he's really dead. All right. Well, you know, just in case, uh, oh, did you tell us like what you saw under the gazebo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, just in case, why don't we go grab, you know, the sun-shaped thing. Yeah, I mean, oh, worth flagging. I mean, just in case, you know, like... Strauss does have an army of other vampires and weird things that are probably still alive. And uh, Merle Street. And Merle Street. Queen of Merle, yeah. Flesh sculpting is a thing, so someone could look like Strahd. We don't really know. There's like undead mar- I mean, even I can make an undead marionette, and I suck. So, like, <laughs> I don't know what this guy's capable of. Did my bite wound close up as well, along with Isabel's? It did not. It did not. So, Quinny's piecing together a theory here, and he kind of just says, My main hang up is that Strahd that we saw today clearly recognized Isabel. And the meat puppet, he said, Tatiana, you mentioned, not Pete, that that was his soulmate or whatever, his... His obsession. His obsession. Yeah, his obsession, not his soulmate. Okay, okay. No, no, don't take that away from Pete. This is the next part (laughs) that I'm getting into, is like, you two clearly had a moment in the graveyard by by the other church. Yeah, Yeah, I thought we did. And he didn't recognize you or even know your name today. Alan, you're Isabel's the only one who can oh remember. Did Isabel's bite is and, gone and mine's not. Did Quinny and Strahd have a moment? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay so there's, there's a Strahd that's into Quinny. Oh, I yeah. I think there's more than one Strahd. I think. Oh, my God. I don't, I'm just going to put this out there as a possibility. But Xanthus might be collecting Strahds. Super, super duper. Oh, fuck. That's real gross. Or there's just like clone. Fuck, I don't know. What if what if Strahd is actually one of those combo names where it's there's like one is an S, one is a T, one oh. is an R. It's got like a menacing meaning behind it. Strahd von Zarovich. So we just got Strahd, and now Vaughn is out there. We got to find Zaro and, and another one named Zarovich. Or if it's multiple dimensions, we got Brins, we got Strahds, we got Xanthuses. Not Pete. This I mean, is just Zan- kind of Xanthus like Xanthus has been killing his is. other Xanthuses uh, so. these days. Is just is copies of everyone. Okay, so we got to get this icon, but everyone's sort of having a party on top of it. And I think if we start fucking up their gazebo, they might have a problem with it. Uh, how deep is it, not Pete? Um, I yeah. was using my tr- yeah. How deep is it? Um, it's uh pretty deep. Like you, you would have to excavate the gazebo to get at it. We'd have to excavate the gazebo. 
So that right. sounds like it might be kind of a middle of the night kind of operation. Or yeah. getting all these hands on deck. You know, come on, everybody, do the dig. Or whatever. Yeah, everyone for, forget that the dictator that you've been afraid of for hundreds of years is now dead and you're doing a victory lap for your great dancing. Dig yeah, this hole so we can we defeat copies of it from another dimension. Like... What was that we just tell them that, like, hey, there's something under the gazebo that's gonna, like, help kill more vamps. Okay, and I, I really like the idea of putting that into a song because if they're <laughs> into revelry right now, that means the idea, like if they have instructions in a song, like if it's like a like a cha cha slide kind of thing, That's they're gonna saying. listen. That's what they they want to do that right now. I think we can get this taken care of right now. Like I think we can tap into something here. You people drive me fucking insane. What, do we want to steal from them? Do we not? Do we give a shit about the town? Do we not? I don't care about any of that. But here's wonderful mob psychology. We're terrified of a dictator. He's dead. We tell them the dictator's still alive. And you think in the end they're going to let us leave with the magic item? Who says we tell them that the dictator's still yeah. alive? I so we're we just going to reveal dig. a magical item that they own and then be like, we need to take that for no reason. Bye. I'm fine with murdering the town, but could we at least do it efficiently? A, you said, as far as they know, the magic words that made Strahd explode. B, they don't know that they need that item. C, we literally know that we need that item. So every plan we like is not Peter Baelish sings a song. Well, we're your heroes and we're here to say we can keep evil out in a major way. Step one, dig down a hole. Step two, gotta take that thing and go. See? <laughs> My, not Pete, can you roll me a performance check, please? <laughs> you bet I can. Uh, okay. Uh, can I use an intelligence saving throw? <laughs> Sure. I don't know. If you, can beat, if you can beat 21. Oh, baby, that's a 25. No! <laughs> All right. What does so, that mean, though? Yeah, so... Um, uh, Reginald, I'm not swayed by the music. Yeah, you, you square your jaw and, and glower, uh, not at all being uh, swayed by the rhythm, um, which makes it all the more delicious when around you, you start to hear a rhythmic clapping. <laughs> as the bass beat of all good improv tracks <laughs> begins to take root. And someone's like, yeah, digging. Hey, you know what? The Burger Master loves that gazebo. Fuck that gazebo. Um, yeah. And they're like, yeah, the Morning Lord didn't do shit for us. It was these guys. They say, dig it up. Let's dig. Yeah, um, he's got a second verse. He's like, there's an artifact. Deep underground, it'll help us beat Strahd. It's got to be found. And it's like, let's kill. <laughs> They're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, uh, wait, but Strahd's already dead. Actually, we actually all like this gazebo, right? I mean, I know the, the mayor likes it, but I don't know. This little guy's, uh, this sounds like it's a them thing. Never mind. But you and then they all just like forgot about step four. Where are you guys going? Please come back. Where are you guys going? Where's step three? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are forced to the edge of the crowd as uh, the mob begins planning a feast. Um, in uh, celebration of the death of Strahd. Uh, unfortunately, uh, though you almost musically had it. Um, I fucked it up for everyone? Well, all right, Zoom meeting over. <laughs> I'm gone, goodbye. So the mob has 
pushed you all kind of uh, out in a way. You get the sense they're in a very fickle mood. Um, after years of kind of false celebration, they don't really know how to do this. Um, but uh, they they um, begin to, uh, you hear calls for a feast um, uh, to be uh, arranged in celebration of the death of Strahd. Um, so uh, the dilemma you're faced with, uh, you have two kind of major leads right now in the, the local area. There's still um, the, uh, the mage of Mount Bartok, um, who is uh, nearby somewhere, probably, you know, lightning in fish or some such. Um, and there is the uh, holy uh, symbol of Ravenkind um, that is buried beneath the gazebo. Um, you get the sense that the villagers are real fucking into that gazebo, um, so you're not quite sure how to get to it. Um, again, it is it's daylight. It's not uh, it's not exactly a sunny day, but it is the brightest you've seen the clouds uh, since you've arrived. Um, and there is only a very very light rain falling. Um, what do you do? Tom, this may be a meta question, because this can also be struck from it. But those saints bones with the theoretically with the child gang in the woods, is that also a lead or do we not need to worry about that? Uh, it is a lead, but it is a cold lead. Uh, you're not sure where the um, the goatee Got gang it. would be. And uh, generally speaking, I would say you could go in search of them. Um but the thigh bone was not prophesied. The the bones were not prophesized to help, and it, ultimately the bones are likely a salve, not a solution. Admittedly, Strahd is dead, so it doesn't really matter as much. Uh, but it might still have effects on Merle Streep or other vampires. But realistically, it was like the thing keeping Strahd out of Valakia, Valakai, Valakai, keeping Strahd out of Valakai. Um, which means presumably it could keep him out of other places, but you, you don't feel like it's like a, a bubble shield you could like carry around. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, that okay. song went really well. I don't know why we always go with your plan. I mean, they're so good. Mine are clearly terrible. My plan was ready to work. Right, Quinny? Yeah, I'm not going to be, uh, not going to be singing anymore. <laughs> Look. Well, it's almost like plans that don't work with the team you have aren't always the best plans, you know? It's kind of the key to being a great general or a leader is to, so, to use the tools you have. What was your plan, Reginald? Uh, wait until the middle of the night when no one's in the gazebo and then steal it. I just just dig? All night? I mean, yeah. All right, I'm going to get something to eat then. They're having a feast, so wait around till night. Well, I mean, just to, to also point this out, though, we there is this mage. That's over by a lake stealing fish. During the uh, daytime, maybe we could get something from the mage in case a vampire shows up. I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, how long is it going to take us to get to Mount Bartok? And then maybe we can um, get the mage to, like, do the, uh, get the talisman for us. Maybe he's got some, like, tricks up his voluminous sleeves. I assume the sleeves are voluminous. If he fishes with lightning, maybe correct. he digs with, like, <laughs> tornadoes. Yeah, voluminous sleeves? Yeah, maybe he's a, he's a hat, tornado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a tornado digger with voluminous Look, sleeves. I ain't saying he's a tornado digger. Um, <laughs> tornado tunneler. Uh, cool. Okay. So um, Mount Bartok's about a half day away. Uh, you'd be able to go there um, and get back uh, kind of as, as early evening falls, which is when the feast is planned for. Oh, so I can't even get a drumstick right now. Well, then, yeah, let's just yeah, go. Yeah, you, you, you can definitely get a snack. Um, so uh, you stop by the Blue Water Inn. Um, you grab some kind of provisions. Uh, you get directions um, to the uh, thing. Uh, the nice thing is the wolves often aren't seen in the woods during the day. Um, so you're you're good to hike. Um, 
So uh, with that, you set off uh, towards Mount Bartok. Um, you kind of have to uh, loop around um, a lake, um, which is actually kind of beautiful, which is something you don't get here very often, um, but is uh, somewhat refreshing um, from kind of the, the glum nightmares you've been uh, walking through of late. Um, Reginald, what have you done with the bones? Are you carrying them with you? Yeah, I'd be carrying them with me. I think he might see them as leverage that could be used with the wizard because you never know what wizards want. Yep. And if the wizard wants strawed bones, we can trade strawed bones. He'd make that clear with the group. Like, I don't know what wizards need. I mean, does anybody (laughs) have experience with crazy wizards? I only know battle mages. And they generally are like, does it go boom? No, thank you. Or is it dead and I can make an army out of it? Yes, please. Uh, Yeah, we've got some wizard fighting experience. Yeah. Wizard fight. Yeah. Okay, well, do you think they'd want vampire bones? Seems like a rare enough item. I mean, I don't know much about alchemy or anything like that. Um, I just know we haven't come across vampire bones yet. So to be honest, I mean, like... Somewhat of a, a rare commodity. Right? Like, as a, as a bard and also a criminal... Uh, traveler, scholar, you know, man, many talents. Um, like, it's just a cool curio. I'd want vampire bones. So, I mean, this guy is uh, any interest at all in cool things. I'm sure you'll want them. <laughs> cool. All right, here's the other thing. Uh, I'm good at violence and threatening people and not much else. So I probably shouldn't take the lead on negotiations with the insane wizard. I don't want to force anybody into anything, but not Peter Baelish. You do seem to be the most diplomatic of any of us. That is very kind of you to say. I think Alan should be co-negotiator. Just raising my hand. I mean, I I did study some of Mordenkind's teachings. She's she's got the know-how. I mean... Yeah, he, he was he, he was a pretty pretty awesome conjurer. So you know, I well with know. your know how and my je ne sais quoi, I think we'll do just fine. Yeah, to use military terms, I think we make you know not Peter Baelish the general, and you can be the colonel, uh, and Quinny and I will be grunts. <laughs> what is uh, okay? I'm sorry. What does a colonel do? The general's in charge. Uh, and a colonel tells the other troops what to do at the general's behest. Essentially, uh, let's use legal terminology. This might make more sense to you. The primary lawyer on the case will be Peter Baelish doing the talking. And the second chair, who's expected to have a lot of knowledge but not be as great at talking, will be Alan. And Quinny and I will be sitting in the courtroom. We have courtroom experience. We, when do I get to use Thunder we do. <laughs> well, if things go badly, right then. Yeah, so, just make sure there's some old ladies right in the way, you know? Always. Oh, uh, we already killed the old ladies. Ah, uh, uh, there'll be more. <laughs> you weren't uh, there. <laughs> you were uh, talking about the heads. The, 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 the heads. We killed them. Oh, no, I was talking about uh, You had to time. be there. You know what? You had, you had to be yep. there. A hilarious misunderstanding of killing old people. <laughs> Anyways. That's happened to the best of us. All right, let's keep this going. So um, you make your way um, up into um, the sort of the, the you begin to climb up the slopes of Mount Bartok. Um, and um, as you do, um, the uh, the clouds above you uh, begin to darken. 
um, the, uh, the, the fog intensifies, um, uh, and you're, you're reminded of the mists you encountered when you first arrived. Um, you, uh, you could certainly hear wildlife, um, kind of on your way towards the mountain, but it seems to have, um, petered off, uh, sort of the, the, the higher you get. Um, before you know it, uh, the clouds have turned, uh, almost pitch black and, um, you can kind of feel that, that, um, electrical buzz in the air around you, um, yeah, what's all of your passive perception again? Ten. Thirteen. Thirteen. Nine. Um, okay. Um, Reginald, I need a uh, dexterity save from you, please. Uh-oh. Spaghetti. Seven. All right. Um... Attracted by your metal armor, um, a bolt of lightning shoots down out of the clouds uh, and hits you for oof, uh, 17 points of damage. Um, and you hear a thunderous voice um, just echo kind of throughout the woods and uh, down the slope. Um, just says, you shall not pass. Oh. <sighs> That's how that should have been said. That guy yeah. gets it. I just, I just yell like, Mordenkind! Hi! I'm, I'm a wizard! Roll I'm a, a conjurer! What? Dexterity save? dexterity save? 14. 14. Um, one moment. Uh, yeah, that does not pass. Uh, so that is uh, also 17 points of damage as lightning strikes you. <laughs> like a smoking Reginald stands up and is like, that's what happens when the second chair tries to take over the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you can tell that um, the the uh, sort of focus of power where the, the mage is is up further up the mountain, um, but it would seem that he is not in the mood for visitors. Uh, what do you do? Um... Uh, not Pete just shouts, we have, we have vampire bones. All vampires do. Cretans. <laughs> um, and he, uh, oh, I, yeah, okay, roll a this... dexterity save. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, just a second. Look, I'm not saying standing in the middle of an open road screaming at a guy who throws lightning down a hill is a bad idea, but. Yeah, we got to get under some, we got to get under a tree. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm doing pretty well as the general. Uh, oh God, five. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were struck for 22 points of damage, general. Right, let's fall back, friends. So let's uh, just start grabbing people and just like pulling them away. Donkey Junior's already like 30 feet behind us. Is the donkey smarter than any party member? Quinny uh, uh, kind of squirms out of the group just to be separated if he's about to get struck by lightning. Uh, but he's like backtracking, like running backwards and just kind of yelling up. Would it make a difference if these were Strahd von Zarovich's bones? Uh, can you roll me a persuasion check, please? Do I have anything to add to that? I rolled a 19 and on top of that, 3, 22. Um, the... 
the lightning briefly stops, um, and uh, you just hear a voice say, That name. I knew that name once. What can you tell me of Strahd von Zarevich? When he's just finished putting his foot in his mouth, so he just looks to the group and is like, Go, someone else. <laughs> Red's like, this fucking thing. Push Peter Baelish back into lightning range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's still like smoke coming off of me. There's like. Uh, like, uh, your goatee is in the, the hilarious, like, uh, Waluigi's just been fried, like, jagged line smoke. Like, yes. it's fine, but it's, it's, it's. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I don't know why the lightning makes me sound like Waluigi as well, but. Uh, It'll do that. Who are we to question the mysteries of life? Um, not Pete says that. Uh, it's Walu lightning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. We, uh, uh, well, he's, uh, hold on just a second. We believe that we have managed to stop Strahd for now using a marionette filled with a, a light bringer's weapon. We managed to destroy perhaps a, like a copy of him. We believe there may be more. Also, let me tell you, like, I mean, looks aren't everything. Like, personality counts as well. And, like, you think you know someone, and then you don't. And um, I'm just saying, like, I was really hoping for... Look, that doesn't matter right now, but... Um, no, no, I I feel you. That's... <laughs> I, I, too, wonder who I am in this crazy, mixed-up world. Quite literally, do you know who I am? Also, who is Strahd? You keep saying that name, but it it evokes feelings in me I cannot quite place. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just, like, shove Alan forwards because she knows who Mortenkind is. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and 
and it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. The hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are 420 friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have IndiCloud back as a sponsor. As IndiCloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product, Dank Sickles. <laughs> It's got a great name, and I've never seen anything like this before. A summertime popsicle with 20 milligrams of cannabis. These bad boys come in wild cherry and blue race flavors, and you can mix and match with a pack of five or go with your flavor of choice. Danksicles are strong enough to share, but mellow enough to take to your next beach day or vacation. And unlike your sketchy neighborhood shop or dealer, IndiCloud gives you savings on every single order. It could be through their gold rewards program, their subscribe and save deals, or our special promo code just for Dum Dums and Dragons listeners. So please, right now, get 30% off your purchase. Head to indicloud.co slash dumdums to get 30% off your first order. And tell them that Dum Dums and Dragons sent you. That's I-N-D-A-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O, not com, C-O, slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, to get 30% off your first order. And let us know how the dank sickles are. Hello, I am Bernard Sherbert, the survivalist Rupert from Dum Dums and Dragons, and I am here to help you survive the boredom of day-to-day life by helping to engage in the wonderful storytelling, whimsy, comedy, and occasional tragedy of the Dum Dums and Dragons adventures. If you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that is D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and you can join for as little as $1 a month, which will gain access to our Patreon-only Discord, where you can hang out with other people who have also listened to the things you have listened to and seen the things you have seen and thus can describe them with you. Or, at higher levels, you can get ad-free feeds where you can avoid ads like this one. Or, alternatively, at even higher levels, you can add an NPC name like Bourbon Sherbert was. Or, you can add your own NPC that you build at the highest level and get your name in the credits. Name in the credits. Name in the credits. Sorry, I had to say that three times because it is very, very, very cool. This has been Bourbon Sherbert, encouraging you to go join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. See you in the future. Bleep bloop. Uh, you, sorry, who, who are, who are you and who is Strahd? Is, is... Yes, who is Strahd? Let's start there. Uh, Strahd is an evil uh, vampire. Uh, I mean, that sounds like... ridiculous. An evil vampire? What is this, some children's story? I, it's no, com- com- completely true. He literally was like mm. c- biting people and keeping people like maybe, down. Maybe, maybe talk about who the wizard is. <laughs> um, and you, uh, yeah, so Stra- Strahd's bad. Uh, very, very bad guy. And, and you are... A great and brilliant 
wizard of incredible renown. You, you are Mordenkind. You, I, I studied your work. I, you, you were, you were a legend. Mordenkind. Do you, that name, it is almost right. Do you mean Mordenkainen? Is that my name? Uh, not Pete. Looks at, uh, Alice. Uh, is it? I don't know. Mordenkainen. I mean, you're saying yes. Canaan, that kind of sounds like yes. canine. You've got a faithful hound. I do not. I live alone. But that well, is you did. useful. <laughs> sure, okay. Um, Morton Canaan. Hmm. And Strahd, you say, evil vampire keeping people somewhere. Okay, would <laughs> would Morton Canaan, like, want to show up and, like, kick that guy right in the butt? Is that something he would he would do? Absolutely. Not for sure, totally. Hundo P. Okay. Okay, but do, do you think he could win? Like, was he like a cool guy or just kind of like a regular guy? He was amazing. So cool. Oh, okay. But I'm not Strahd, that, I'm not very cool, so I don't... You don't... Hey, no, you are. You're so... You're the coolest. You, you like, just, hit all of us with lightning. You see, like, a face in the clouds just kind of going, like, oh, shucks. No, <laughs> seriously, right? And humble, too? Like, that's one of the cool, coolest, coolest things ever. The cool Ability. people don't even know that they're cool. cool. Cool people don't even know they're cool. Oh, well, I don't know who I am, so that means I must be cool. You're like the coolest cool, cool you, in school. You you people are so nice. Uh, come, come on up. Come on up. I'll, I'll stop the lightning thing. I uh, I just, you know, most most people here are kind of bad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, and we're, we're not. And I just looked at uh, Alan. I'm just like, well done, Colonel. I think, I think you're ready for a promotion in the ranks. Says, oh wait, um, wait, wait. Sorry, uh, just before before you all come up, um, yeah. are are you hungry? I could eat. Uh, I'm kind of. I haven't eaten in a while. Uh, After the pie experience, Reginald just makes a, a statement that is neither pro nor con. He just goes like, eh, eh. Uh, <laughs> "You hear a, a crackle of thunder, and then a, a bolt of lightning strikes the forest near you, and you hear a bear go, oh." <laughs> I, I, I just caught us a fresh bear. Just uh, bring, bring that up, would you? Yes, thank you. you See you wanna, soon. You want us just to gotta tidy up a bit. We have to. Uh, we have to drag the bear up. Ah, uh, look, I know we just said that guy's really cool, but that's so rude. Like, all right, no, no, no. This is this is generous. Also, we don't know what he can hear. I'll go get the bear. What a lovely bear! Great idea, Quinny. Why don't you join me in dragging this bear? Uh, is. No, I'm not going to use a spell slot to drag up the bear. <laughs> He's like, how the hell am I going to help? You're, you're going to help pull things. Come on. Uh, and he just like starts gesturing towards the bear, trying to get Quinny to come with him. Quinny goes over and like hefts a bear paw into his hand. He's like, hey, <laughs> this is all I got. You got to do the rest. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Reginald gets the other arm, and he's like, you got to go under the shoulder if you're going to drag a big body. I've had to do this with minotaurs before. Aww. I'm going to get crushed to death if I go under the shoulder. All right, well, do what you got to do. Drag it by the hand. I, whatever. Holding the bear paws like best I can. Quinn, the, real, <laughs> the real reason I needed you to help me with this is they're going to try to talk, and Alan seems like a big fan of this guy. Uh, she didn't even know his real name. Yeah, well, that's history for you. But uh, here's the thing. Remember all the lightning? I do. Yeah, if, this goes, <laughs> if this goes bad, it's going to go real bad. So we might have to kill this guy. Just, just know that. And it's going to have to be fast and ugly. I I understand he's a very powerful wizard man. Maybe diplomacy before oh, murder no, I, I, and, I, then, I, and I, then supplication before 
after diplomacy, but before murder also. Oh, so you want to surrender to this guy if we have to. That's right. That's my first and foremost plan. No, I'm saying. <laughs> you said supplication and I'm. I'm what did I say around that. the word supplication, dude? I need diplomacy, you to hear the whole thing. And yeah. then supplication and then murder, which literally is how I have lived my entire life. I know. I can't believe you're fighting me on this. No, I already agreed. I was just clarifying because sometimes people say supplication, but they mean really it's a trap. And then you're like, you're committing a war crime, but it's one that works. We're not at war. <laughs> Quinny just carries on with the bear paw. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So with that, you uh, make your way um, up the uh, up the mountain um, and you find uh, a uh, there's a you kind of like come into a small clearing um at uh, sort of the the edge of a, a cliff, and there's still a bit more up to the summit. Um, and uh, you just see um, uh, an old, uh, like an oldish man uh, sitting there. Uh, not Pete. He has an enviable Van Dyke going on. Um, it's uh, it's you know game recognized game. Um, but also mine is still ha- like some Waluigi issues going on. So like as soon as I clock. His uh, his beautiful facial hair. I just like quickly try and like get mine back into shape, and you know, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. So um, you quickly do that, uh, and of course, uh, since it was magically restored ages ago, it has always sprung back as as you would hope. Um, but uh, he's sitting there, and he's he's wearing um, just like uh, sort of like like leaves and twigs that he's made into kind of like a a. a, a like a rough approximation of a cloak. Um, and uh, he uh, he's just uh, uh, sitting there uh, whittling uh, as you come up. Um, and uh, he says, oh, welcome. Welcome, uh, new friends. Hello, new friends. <laughs> Thought that'd Hello. be a nice way to greet people. Um, and then he tosses the duck he's carved on top of a pile of ducks he's carved. Uh, and he's like, um, uh, well, uh, Thank you for for picking up the bear. I'm sure that must have been been easy for warriors such as yourselves. Mm. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, we are quite strong. Say there, you whittle a fine duck. Oh, why, why? Thank you. I, I must admit, I uh, woke up uh, at the bottom of a waterfall with no memory except how to make these ducks and cast lightning. But that's more of an instinct thing, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like lightning on instinct. like shabam, and suddenly like a lightning bolt blasts um, a tree apart. He's like, "That's going to be five ducks later." Ha! Uh, have you have you ever just like randomly made a mansion? Oh, uh, well, well, no, but I do live in this one. And he just opens a door in, in the space beside him, and inside there's just like a full fucking mansion. You can you can see he's like, yeah, come, come, "Come in, bring the bear, bring the bear." Uh, also, help yourself to a duck. Um, and uh, not he really for is. sure takes a duck. I just I, Let's I be look honest, back we at all everyone. I do look back at, at everyone. And I was like, guys, this really is Mordenkai. He, is, he like he excels at mansions. Like he created the shit. So you walk in, and like, sure enough, this place is beautiful. It is admittedly decorated with a few too many ducks. Um, as someone who's been trapped for quite some time um, has done. Um, so uh, 
sorry, one moment. Just looking up a thing. Got to look at the stats on those ducks. I do. Yeah, those they're all plus one wooden ducks. Yeah, those ducks are crazy. Gonna nail it. Mine's a mallard. Great. So fucking hell this book so you walk in the mansion is um beautiful it is um incredibly well appointed cozy um for the first time since you've been here uh you actually feel your your shoulders on tense a little bit um this space feels legitimately cozy um and like delightfully eclectic and kind of like uh you know like a friend's cool cottage um you know there's just like a, a nice like run fire much going. exposed brick is there like like a tasteful amount, like enough that you like it, but not so much you're like, oh, okay, I guess this is just your thing, huh? Nice, um, nice. And uh, yeah, he he welcomes you in, and like in a very sorcerer's apprentice way, he's just kind of like waving his hands, and uh, things are just kind of um, magically cleaning up. It's a very like limited powers they gave Sabrina kind of deal, where he's just like, oh, oh sorry, uh, sorry about the mess. Um, and uh, clothes are kind of flying around everywhere. Uh, you realize he actually has a bunch of clothes. He's just wearing the leaves and twigs because I guess that's maybe it's laundry day. It's a choice. It's a choice. Um, and he says, uh, I'm, uh, I, I apologize for the mess, uh, but I, I'm, I'm glad uh, you're here. Also, thank you for not trying to kill me. Um, I understand that might still be on the menu, but I, uh, it's a nice courtesy. So... You well, what are for. new friends for, huh? Uh, yes, new <laughs> friends of Morden Kanan. Yes, Morden Yeah, Kanan. it is Morden Kanan, isn't it? I suppose it? that's me. Hmm. Huh. Uh, it's okay, I didn't know it either. Uh, so that, that's on, that's egg on my face, because uh, it's my name, I think. It is. Um, <laughs> no, it is. I'm like, there are definitely some books that got it wrong, and I'm oh. going gonna, gonna to go back and fix them. You out of Morden Kanan's eye line, uh, just <laughs> Reginald catches not Peter Bailish's eyes and does that like finger spin of like let's move this along a little faster. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, my my good new friend Morden Kanan, uh, we actually uh, come asking to see if you would care to join us as you discover who you truly are, what your reflection. Shows mm. you are inside. I could be a man, be as strong as the raging river. Interesting. Yes. Uh, no. Thank you, though. Um, I am uh, afraid you, you've uh, somewhat caught me with my uh, leaf pants down. Um, I, I am indeed this, this modern canyon you say I am, which again sounds about right. Uh, I must admit, uh, you've got me at a bit of a disadvantage. Um, not entirely certain what happened to me, but uh, that that name, Strahd, uh, strikes me as as familiar. Uh, here, bring, bring, bring the bones here, if you would. Um, so he takes, walk up and be like, bones. he takes like a, a like, just like <laughs> a, a fistful of of like you know finger bones and vertebrae, um, and he he stares at uh, at. Um, a cauldron that uh, seems to have a, a, a liquid, just kind of um, like a perfectly, like think like the pensive, like a perfectly silver mercury kind of fluid in it. And he turns to Alan and he says, um, you, you're, you're the magic one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, could yeah. You, would you mind lending me a hand? Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Um, can you roll an arcana check? 12. 12? Um, Okay, so um, 
he uh, he kind of explains to you what what he needs, and um, you kind of basically start doing the sous chef thing, where you're like collecting components. And what's interesting, Alan, for you is he clearly doesn't quite remember how to. He remembers the rough outline of this, but he doesn't know any of the specifics. Good news is, um, based on your study of magic, you're actually pretty good. At being like, oh no, you actually like this is the component you need for this and so on and so forth. So you collect the appropriate ingredients. And he kind of looks at them. And he's like, I suppose these are right. And they go, um, and he tosses them into the, the cauldron. Um, and immediately, uh, it begins to spike kind of like if you hold a magnet over, um, mm. uh, liquid lead or mercury. And, um, then he takes the bones and he's like, well, in you go, uh, and tosses the bones in and suddenly, um, it goes perfectly flat. Um, and then the, the image of, um, Strahd, um, kind of grows up and out of it and starts to rotate uh, in his full parked glory. Oh. And um, he says, yes, this one. There were more of him than than we anticipated. So, um, uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like we all kind of like look at each other like, yeah, okay, all right, so that's... Um, and he, he just like, his, his eyes narrow and he says, Strahd von Zarevich, yes. The devil of Barovia. We came... I came here to stop him. Um, Morton Canyon proceeds to um, regale you with the story of... Uh, in, like, a vaguely timely manner, of um, what what is starting to come back to him. And again, it's just in bits and pieces, but he, he remembers... Um, arriving um, with with hope in his heart um, to defeat Strahd. He'd prepared everything, and uh, he rallied, um, you know, the, the people of Barovia. And together, they, they rose up to assault uh, the castle, um, only to find that uh, they weren't facing one Strahd. They were facing many. Um, so while he was well prepared uh, to battle the one, um, a bunch of them was was too much, and he was overwhelmed. Um, his last memory was of fighting um, uh, someone he refers to kind of as as um, what uh, he as he he's sort of vaguely recollecting this. Uh, what he has come to think of as um, Strahd Prime. Um, there was one mm-hmm. who dressed exactly as you'd imagine in kind of a brilliant um, crimson doublet, sweeping cape. Um, who seemed more powerful than the others. And it was this Strahd um, that he faced off against um, atop a waterfall and sadly was uh, was def- soundly defeated, um, being weakened by his battles with uh, the other Strahds. And uh, he lost his spellbook and his staff. So he is um, operating at, at quite a disadvantage. He also struggles and says, I believe I remember him saying that he would take my memories from me uh, and as he he struck me, and uh, Morton Cannon kind of points to uh, an indentation, like a, a healed scar, but an indentation on his his forehead. And he says, he had um, it was it was a crystal of some kind that he he jammed into my skull before I fell, and I believe that is where my my memories are held. So you know if you're if you're killing Strahds, if that's your thing, uh, if you could break that for me, that would be the bee's knees. Is that still a phrase? I don't know. I've been here for quite some time. I've I've, I've heard it before. Oh, yeah. good. Here. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, wow. I'm an idiot. I might actually know some more current stuff. Just a second. Uh, and Reginald raises the bag, and then he crosses his eyes and does the, like, magic eye thing huh? of grim psychometry on the Strahd's bones. Just... 
He's an idiot. You should have thought of that earlier. Um, <laughs> and then, Ryan, you need to roll a check, right? Yeah. And the check is a 20. Whoa. Uh, 24. Yes. So, um, uh, can you roll me a constitution save, please? Nineteen. Nineteen. Um, okay. Um, blood sprays out of your nose, mouth, ears, and eyes um, as you uh, collapse onto all fours as you are overwhelmed um, by uh, just a like a torrential wave of um, Strahd's memories and crimes. Um, you're going to take, uh, with your save, uh, seven points of damage. Um Unfortunately, uh, it's so much that it's because you're basically like you've never mainlined someone's life before um, and particularly a life of, of such darkness. So you're only going to get glimpses um, with those rolls, but you do get some. Um, you see um, a world of, of snow and ice and a, a mighty king leading armies um, conquering and um leading uh, people to um, victory over insurmountable odds, um, only to return home to find that uh, the woman uh, that he loves uh, has fallen in love with his brother, who didn't have to serve on the front lines, who didn't have to go to war. Uh, Someone you recognize as uh, Isabella or Tatiana, as you now know. Um, you see the the rage and the fury at this rejection and at being unable to basically the if uh, George Washington was going home to just sit under his own vine in his own place and be happy, this is what Strahd imagined was waiting for him at home. And instead, um, she spurned his advances, called him older brother, um, and really just just you know family zoned him. Um, Strahd's rage grew darker, uh, as he, even as he invited his, his family to come live in his new land. Um, and on the day of, uh, his brother and Tatiana's wedding, uh, he killed his brother, um, and in turn was slayed by Tatiana, who then threw herself off the castle walls to her death. Um, when he awoke, he found himself in a new place, uh, Barovia, um, in a, a massive castle where he was greeted by several other of his brethren. Um, it was no longer a land of ice and snow, though that is what he knew. Um, but they promised that uh, with their combined efforts, they would find Tatiana again, for her soul could never escape Strahd. Um, which brings us to here. Yeah, you see so glimpses say- of, of like drinking oh, yeah, Isabella and then of uh, the final legitimate moment of happiness as he kind of had like Isabella under one arm and like burning weird corpse Isabella over his shoulder was like legitimately his like, Oh my God, twins, twins having sex with twins. And then he blew up. So he actually did get like a little glimpse of happiness right before kaboom. But then it was like horribly disappointed as his skull was torn apart. <laughs> as one would be true. Yeah. So I think instead of relaying the information, I think he like fell to his knees and blood sprayed. And then you actually all just heard him reliving that story, playing all the characters like mm. an audiobook, but the voices weren't his, like it was the oh. voices of the historical people. Awesome. And then he like shakes it off at the end and he's like, Oh, blood magic. 
Sometimes you knowingly pay the cost and sometimes it gets you. So, uh, Morden Cannon actually goes, wait. And he goes over and like, um, drags a finger through some of the blood and like tastes it a little bit, like a, a cop trying to figure out whether or not it's cocaine. And he's like, this, I recognize this story. I just thought it was a really bleak book. Um, and he rushes over to his bookshelves um, and he moves aside like the Twilight series. Nice. Um, and uh, he um, grabs uh, a tome off the wall um, and he says, it, it, it's in here. It's called the Tome of Strahd, uh, which you guys recognize as one of the holy icons you were seeking. Oh. Okay. Uh, can Alan look at that? That'd be really cool if Alan could look at that. Oh, yes. Magic one. Look at this. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, perfect. Um, also, for the for those who seem concerned about Strat, uh from what Alan told us and from what you've said, not Pete, Ice Strahd was into Isabella, Hawaiian Strahd is into not Pete, oh. and Ninja Strahd is into Quinny. Yeah, did you get a head count in your vision there? Total Strahds? Anything like that? <laughs> I only know how many this guy saw when he popped up because I only got a glimpse, and it was... <laughs> Uh, you you couldn't tell. It was a lot of like blurry, like whoa. But you did uh, definitely see like there was a definite hierarchy of Strahds going on because the one that um, uh, Morn Kanan is describing was like the one who like extended his hand and was like, "Rise, brother." At least five. That'd be a safe <laughs> estimate from what you saw. Yep. Okay. That's. Not but they great. seem to have like a hierarchy, so there's probably a shitload. Wow. So, so what can I glean from this book? Um, you, there, there's a whole print off I could give you, but it's basically what you, uh, it's a first person account. Uh, it's basically Strahd's diary. Um, okay. It's like, dear diary, today I conquered another people in the name of justice. I am truly the world's greatest warrior. I'm trying this new gratitude journaling thing. I hope it will lead to good results. Um, I just gag. Yeah. And, and the more, gag. the more you read, like, it's very, very clear that, um, Strahd is like hella, hella bent out of shape uh, in like a a very unhealthy way um, about the idea of Tatiana. Um, that said, um, the words blur a bit as you read and details shift. Um, and you realize that um, whatever this book is, it seems to exist at the intersection of all of these Strahd's experience. So the language changes, the settings change, um, Tatiana's name and description shifts. Mm. Um, but um, it always comes back to um, one sort of singular description of um, a uh, of sort of this this soul of, of Tatiana um, as uh, just a like a, a fierce woman with um, red hair. And as you read the description, Alan, A, you determine that this, whenever the, the text seems to solidify again, it always mm -hmm. seems to come back to Strahd Prime. Okay. Um, you get the sense, uh, just like, the, you wouldn't really have this from anything, but it just saves me some time. Um, he was likely the first one to find his way here. And as a result, is kind of, has set the baseline. Okay. Um, can you roll me an insight check? Sure thing. Or a history check, you can pick. I'll, mm, I think this is more insighty. I would agree. Um, 19. Uh, if you were to venture a guess, he's describing Bryn. <sighs> uh, 
think God. Reginald looks up from where he's like covering his orifices in coagulants and like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like um, back into himself. Uh, he's like, you can finish the thought. Morden Kanan is is kind of like um, throwing uh, what was it precipitation that just like makes that I can't pronounce that makes like cleans things. Yeah. Uh, he's throwing it at you, but because he doesn't really have full yeah. control of his spells, it's like he's accidentally, like, suddenly you're very sandy, and he's like, oh, oh fuck me, okay, hang on one sec, one sec. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like, you're just, like, tie-dyed, and he's like, dirty. oh, fiddlesticks, I, I, I'm so sorry, sir, uh, just let me get that for you. Um, ah. uh, and suddenly you're just wet. Uh, and he's like, okay, well, fuck, that's the best I can do. Hope that helps. Th- thanks, it does. Uh, and Tom, I'm also using hit dice to <laughs> all these horrific wounds I've taken. Understandably. Beautiful. Yeah, Alan, you could j- just say it. It's going to be easier if you just say it out loud. All right. So from what I've got, we've got multiple Strahd's stories all together here. But they're all obsessed with Tatiana as... Reginald relayed. Um, and I think he's collecting the Brins because they're Tatiana. But I, Isabel. I don't, I mean, I don't whether look she like looks Brin. a lot like him. What? I will say one of the uh, Quinny's onto something here. Um, Sorry, I didn't hear what you said, Quinny. Oh, just that... Isabel uh, doesn't look like Bryn. They don't look yeah. alike. Uh, nor does Quinny, nor does not Pete. Um, you get the sense that dimensionally, Tatiana was likely different for each of these Strahds. Yeah, in, in the ice world, Tatiana looked like Isabella. You guys couldn't see that, but yeah. I can't. That's, that's ice guys. Okay, so... But Bryn was definitely, like, a super important one. You also get the sense from what you've heard from villagers and things like Strahd also, he's obsessed with Tatiana, but that certainly hasn't stopped him from downloading like Tinder and Grinder and Bumble <laughs> and like. He's just a horny dude. There's Well, there's a definite sense of like, well, if I can't have her because she's gone forever, I guess I should try and find love elsewhere. Or like play um, the field. Yeah. So there's an obsession with Tatiana. You're not sure if all the Strahds share that um, or yeah. what that means. Also Merle Street okay, married gotcha. one of them. So, mm-hmm. Okay. So Morton Cannon, um, he's like, uh, look, this is all uh, clearly a lot. Um, also, I made bear stew while no one was looking. It's uh, less magical, so probably tastes okay. He's like, uh, oh, bear stew. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, comes and grabs a bowl. Honestly, it's pretty fucking good. Uh, whittling bear, bear stew. Yeah, oh. Reginald will also eat it. And then like a good 60 seconds into when they're both eating, he'll look over and go, don't worry, it's not poisoned. Like, just late enough that Quinny's like, fuck, I could have been eating poison. Quinny, <laughs> like, Quinny, like, spit takes. Just, uh, don't worry, Morgan just, like, waves an arm as you do, and just the spit disappears. He's like, ha, got it that time. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, having uh, collected the Tome of Strahd, um, one of the the icons needed to, to destroy him, in theory. Um... Uh, Morden Kanan uh, offers you some some rest and respite. You can have kind of like a like a short rest. So take an hour here if you want to like uh, spend some hit die and such. Nice. Um, but uh, without his memories, um, he'll be unable to find his um, staff or his his tome. Um, 
but uh, he does say he'll he will absolutely provide uh, what assistance he can either now or um, after you've defeated Strahd. Um, he just uh, just gonna need those memories back. Um, Alan, uh, he notices that you seem to be operating at like partial strength, um, and he says, uh, l- "Listen, um, you're you're a wizard, right? That's that's uh, your deal." Y- Yes, yes, absolutely I am. May I ask, why do you carry a kind of shitty wooden stick as as a staff? Okay. Uh, so, I so you met Strahd's. Um did you did you meet that uh, drow that that was with him? He had a chamberlain. Yeah. Scared little guy. I don't know, I didn't catch his name. He's busy blue? trying to kick butts. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was midnight blue. Very handsome. Yeah. Um so a long, like a while ago, he, 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 well, he threw me into another dimension. Anyways, oh. I lost all my shit. <laughs> that happens to the best of us. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I used to, I used to have, I used to have some, some pretty cool staff. Well, what, what, what did you, what did you take? Uh, well, you took, you took, uh, I don't know if you, if you know glass staff, you, you know, you know. Um, uh, I, I don't have any memories right now, so no, but that did he steal? I mean, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So uh, that guy's a dick, according to my, my friend, the general over here. Yeah. And then, and then st- st- staff of, of, of from, from the black, black spider. Okay. Uh, it, they, you know, it was cool. Like, like cast a shield and mage armor and, oh. and, and you uh, okay. know, like, um, and he goes, goes over and, and like, climb and um, cranks open a uh, a chest, and he starts just like digging through, it and his arms disappear, and then kind of his his head and his his body disappear as he's digging around. Um, and then uh, he pulls out. I'm like out- a kid on Christmas who <laughs> thinks they got the present they wanted, but like isn't sure, so doesn't want to get too excited, but is like. <laughs> Like, he, did it really happen? I like never thought it would happen. Yeah. Uh, is it a Barbie or is it just the costume for a Barbie you don't own? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the box looks the same either way. It's a real kick in the dick. Um, and uh, he draws out a staff uh, <gasps> and he says, uh, I mean, this one's no good for me, but uh, <gasps> I think maybe I kicked some guy's butt who had this in, in <gasps> some kind of dimension. I think he had a gun. It was some kind of weird laser thing. Anyway, uh, would this help? <gasps> And he hands you a version of your staff. <laughs> okay, I mean, if you've got a chance, I, I literally stuff, run up to uh, him and hug him. And he like, says, oh, just right oh, around that's, the middle. That's delightful. And, and like, he hugs you back, and he's like legitimately very touched by this. Uh, I'd like to be next in line. I don't want to die. I could really use some help with my armor. I don't know what you got in that chest, but if you're giving stuff out, I oh, just want to um, throw my name in the hat. Well, look, I'm a bit of a magic-y guy, not really a, a fighty guy. Um, let me see what I got. Uh, and he starts, like, digging through, and he's like, okay, uh, oh, uh, th- this this might help you. Um, and he hands you um, a charm of uh, heroism. Um, so basically, uh, if you use this charm, uh, it's similar to a potion, but it's not, like, a bottle you need to carry. Okay. Um, for one hour after using it, uh, you'll gain 10 temporary hit points. Um, and for that same duration, uh, you'll have the effect of the bless spell. For the for an hour? Dope. Yep. Uh, so, Tom, um, can I, am I guessing that this staff is like my glass staff from like 2099? Uh, kind of? It or is, it, no, it, it, is, it is your like classic glass staff, the proper one that you, you had. That. Add a plus one. Not Pete. Um, 
he, or sorry, I will do, yeah, not Pete. Um, he's digging through the, the box and uh, he turns to you, uh, not Pete, and he's like, um, the way you spoke about uh, the devil strahd, it would seem you have a romantic streak in you. Is that is that correct? Mr. Well, not Peter Baelish. I and like not Pete just like runs his hand like through his hair kind of sensually. He's like, well, I wouldn't know about that. Um, and uh, uh, Morton Canning just kind of like winks at you and says, uh, you know, um, I too was once a hopeless romantic in my earlier days. I think I have just the thing. Oh. Um, and he hands you um, a tiny carving of a swan boat. Uh, and he says, now, I know this does not look as impressive as my ducks, <laughs> but... If you touch this <laughs> boat to any body of water, it will transform into a swan boat. And perhaps one day you can canoodle on it. Or, you know, just use it to cross lakes, whatever you so desire. And he hands you the token. I have always wanted a boat that I could put in a satchel. <laughs> right? This, this thing's... Thank you so much, Dad. I'm sorry. I called you Dad. That's weird. Uh, I'm says, so sorry. If I ever had a not son, I would want that not son to be not Peter Baelish. <laughs> like not Pete is like clearly like overwhelmed by emotion and tries to hide his tears. So it just sounds like oh. Uh, and then he just puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, "In this household, men cry." Uh, oh, he has a good cry with you. Um, oh, and then oh, is visibly oh, jealous. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I kind of, I kind of go, I kind of like just go into a corner and just to myself, I'm just like, oh, it's been so long. And I just like take the staff and like touch it to my heart and cast mage armor on myself. <laughs> Finally <laughs> answering the question, so have you cast mage armor today? Original's <laughs> visibly jealous. Quinny, you'll be like, you can cry if you want to. You can have a cry. No one's going to think less of you if you want to cry. As not Pete thing. is just like wailing in the corner <laughs> openly. So happy and so free. Just like knowing this is so going in the gratitude journal tonight. Some is this people the just, dad thing? Some people just win people over and some of us just threaten people and almost die a lot. One um, tends to attract father figures and the other tends to attract abuse. He's not not Pete's dad. Get in there. <laughs> No, you or he can have two sons. You need it to happen naturally. You don't want to be the son who's asking for attention. I've been that my whole life. Oh, all right. Um, and, I'm so uh, happy with this attention that I have earned. <laughs> um, and uh, then he um, he uh, turns to you, Quinny, uh, after a time, and he says, um, I can feel that you are touched with... Uh, some sort of dark compact. I have oh boy, howdy. seen those before. They are they are quite difficult. Um, but perhaps this may may help you. Um, and he um, reaches in and he just pulls up like this big dark bag um, that seems to have like a golf ball in it. Um, and uh, he just kind of like digs inside uh, and he pulls out um, a uh, a golden eye. Uh, and he just throws the, the the stupid like bag over his shoulder, um, and Alan, uh, as the the bag kind of flutters up and over his shoulder, uh, you notice that it it almost takes on the form of bat wings. 
No. And you realize that the satchel is actually a cloak of the bat that you no. just clearly does not give a fuck about. <laughs> I'm more, Mr. Mr. Hey, hey, hang on, I'm, I'm giving a gift right now. Please. Sorry. You already got yours. Um, and he leans forward and um, he says, uh, I took this <clears throat> off one hell of a golem. It was quite a fight. Um, but uh, perhaps it can be of some use to you. And uh, Quinny, he's going to give you um, an eye of true sight. Um, so <laughs> um, once per day, you can uh, use it to cast uh, true sight on yourself. And can he pop it into his eye? Oh, you're fucking so right. He's got to flip up the, the eye patch to do it. Um, yeah. I'm going to be like, uh, what's his name? Mr. Screw Eye or whatever from We're Back. <laughs> Um, sure. Um, yeah. so I'll trust you on that one. It's, yeah. um, it's a, a golden eye. Matt I Moody. Uh, Matt I Moody. <laughs> I don't get uh, that reference. Give me, uh, give, me the, give me the one where Don Bluth drew some dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a golden eye with kind of um, black etchings in it and a, um, a blue stone um, kind of in as, a, as an iris. Um, anyway, uh, as he hands it to you, he turns back and he says, now, uh, wizard, sorry, what was your question? Um, that, the, the, that bag over there. Yeah, the wrapping paper. Yeah, would you mind if I just keep that as like, just to, to, it's, it's my, it's my cloak and I don't know how you got it, but I'd really like it back. Oh, uh, you had a cloak of the bat? Oh. Oh, man, I've, I've burned through a bunch of these things. Yeah, sure, you just have that one. I've, I've got... Oh it's fine. I've, I really... I don't care for them. Thank you. Just Thank remember, you so uh, if you use it to carry meat products, you should wash it. I know it's reusable, <laughs> but it's important to observe hygiene. Now, when you say you burned through a bunch of them, like, is there a second one inside the chest? Oh, like? Reginald. Um, so he doesn't actually have uh, another cloak of the bat currently. Um, it's my cloak of the bat card. She kept I it. I got it back. I kept. I held on to it for so long. Uh, but Ryan, um, what else? Can I, I can't believe this is working, Ryan. Well, I realize giving you a one-use charm, giving everyone else useful shit they can use forever, is that's a, actually a, a bit point. of a dick yep. move. That is a good point. Um, I just, Alan is just like, last forever. Alan has collapsed on the floor, just like <laughs> weeping with joy. Yeah, we are living in a material and world, relief. and Alan is a material girl, and she has gotten her materials back. <laughs> but nobody's still a drink, not materials. Peter Baelish, or we're going to have a boat all of a sudden. <laughs> it's very true. Not Peter um, Baelish can make a living now, just on bar beds. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so he... Um, he, uh, as, as you kind of like, I think as, as you're all eating stew and everything else, um, you're, you're sort of like describing your fight against straw and everything else. And he says, uh, oh, um, Reginald, uh, you, your arrows weren't, weren't tremendously effective. Is that true? Yeah, no, no, no. The crossbow didn't do shit. Ah, okay. So <laughs> here's something I do remember about wizards. We are squishy AF. Um, so a lot of us like to, to attack from range, um, but also, sometimes we get shot at. And uh, listen, I did that cool, like, Matrix grab thing once, too. Uh, and um, from a particularly uh, murderous character. Uh, one moment. Um, and he goes and sort of digs through the box again. And he comes out uh, with um, an arrow um, that is um, just kind of like um, a beautiful, almost quicksilver color. Um, 
aerodynamically, it makes no fucking sense. It's a bit jagged. Um, and he uh, walks over and he says, uh, this is an arrow of lightning. Um, basically, you can use it uh, from your crossbow um, once... Um, all of these are like until the next dawn. So not like a long mm-hmm. rest, like a legitimate, like once, once a day. Once per day, yeah. Um, but basically, uh, when you launch it, um, and speak its command word, uh, it forms a bolt of lightning, um, five feet wide that extends from you to a target within 120 feet. Each creature in the line, excluding you and the target must make a DC 13 deck save. I can also just send you all this later, but write it down for now. Yeah. Um, they take 46 lightning on, uh, um, a... F- Failed save and half as much on a successful Sorry, save. DC was what? Um, DC is 13. 13, cool. Dexterity. Um, yeah. Uh, and then you make a ranged attack on... on a failed save. Great. And then you half make a ranged three. attack against the target. And on a hit, the target uh, takes damage from your bolt plus 4d6 lightning. So basically, everything in the line has to take a dex save to jump out of the way of the lightning. Um if you hit the target, it's not a hit. Yeah. Uh, well, no, then you roll to hit the target. So all the, that happens regardless because a lightning bolt just shoots out. But then you still have to roll to hit the actual target that was intended. Um, once uh, the arrow has been shot, uh, it dissipates and then it will just reform in your quiver. Cool. I mean, I understand that if you shot this from a bow, you call it a lightning arrow. But as it's being shot from a crossbow, I'm very excited to say this is actually a lightning bolt. Ah. And he just takes his fingers and shrinks it slightly, and he's like, yes, yes, very good. Amazing! All right, so having got two things, I hate to try my luck, but inside that chest, (laughs) is there a third thing I can make? Yeah, he's like, oh, actually, yes, and he reaches in and just pulls out a middle finger, and he's like, this one's for you, Reginald. Oh, man, I'll put that away in my collection, and he pretends to take it out of the air and just puts it in his heart and looks sad. Um, (laughs) Nice one, Dad. (laughs) Thank you. Ah, a second dagger. (laughs) Um, and so um, with that uh, you've kind of got uh, everything that he can offer you uh, for now Um, once again he can be of more help uh, if you're able to restore his memories Um, but uh, it is uh, starting to get late and you do want to get back to um, uh, Valakai uh, before nightfall um, just so you can prepare but the good news is you no longer have to go around the lake because you have a swan boat that can take you through it. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so, um, kind of nodding to you, uh, Morton Kanan says, um, this this has been uh, a delight. Thank you for, for bringing even just this, this small amount of my memory back. And also, laughter and joy. Uh, and people I would be happy to call son. He puts a hand on, um, not Pete, and says possible apprentice puts his hand on Alan's shoulder um, and uh, Quinny says like friend who appreciates stew yeah yeah um, and then um, <clears throat> Reginald uh, he, he approaches you and he says um, I sense that you are you're not from a particularly happy realm and that you may have experienced great darkness in your life uh, not everyone in this world is good not everyone in this world is bad but every so often, maybe you can find some happiness too. And then um, he just like very like gently puts his arms around you and says, uh, you don't need to be anyone's son. You can just be you. Reginald will like, like over his shoulder being like, giving him thumbs up, like do it, cry. He'll like, <laughs> like, 
pat the <laughs> wizard on the back. And in his head, all he thinks is like, oh, there's something someone who had a dad would say. <laughs> um, and with that, uh, you leave uh, Morden Kanan's uh, magical mansion um, and uh, make your way down to the, the water. Uh, not Pete. What do you do when you reach the water's edge? Um, I reverently take out the swan boat and say like, well, I guess it's time to use this gift my dad gave me. <laughs> and I touch the swan boat down to the water. Um, and uh, with uh, just a, a sort of swirl of um, magical energy, um, it grows in size and there's like a blast of swan feathers. Um, and then it is, uh, it's a, you know, a, a nice, you know, medium sized boat, um, that can certainly hold all of you. And from the door of uh, like up the hill, uh, Morton Cannon leans out the door of his magnificent mansion and just says, goodbye, goodbye. And I uh, just like, wait, like uh, getting into the boat and just waving like, goodbye, 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 dad, goodbye. We're going to make you proud. We're going to get your memories back. Oh, you already have. Ah, 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 oh, wow. <laughs> 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 And oh, just make the boat bigger and bigger. Yeah, and thus the... Uh, it's a yacht now. It's a yeah, swan yeah. yacht. Thus the, uh, the weeping yacht uh, sets sail for the shores of Valakai. Oh, just waving and weeping. <laughs> this episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dum dum dice or you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash dum dum dice that's d-u-m-b d-u-m-b d-i-c-e and tune in next week for more dum dums and dragons dum dums and dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our patreon at this time christian manicola long long the half-blind prophet james quayar charles grams Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings. I am the modestly handsome obituary writer of this fetching town of Crestfall, Idaho, and this is Death by Dying. Death is exhausting. And so, after a long day of funeral attending, I had retired to my apartment to get some shut-eye. I loosened my Versace tie and changed into my Egyptian silk pajamas. Are you the detective in town? No, I'm the obituary writer. Really? Someone said you solve murder cases. Murder? I'm Charlotte, by the way. 
Forgive me, but I haven't gotten past the murder part. Charlotte, the friend I now have, is staying in the apartment above her Aunt Lillian's bookshop. She was my aunt. She was all I had growing up. I need to know why she's gone. Murder is the spice of life. I knew just who I had to see. The Angel of Death. We have become friends over the years. Careful. Death is ever-present. Her pet, the button-eyed raven, moaned inconsolably as usual. Your friends are abandoning you, one by one. You write about death, O.W., but how much do you know about what it feels like to lose someone? The shadow in the dark woods is making its way into Crestfall. Listen to Death by Dying on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher.